evidence and answers. Dealing with divorce is devastating, not just to you personally, but also to the family as a whole. Today we are seeing more and more marriages end in divorce. So how can we respond in a kind and loving way to someone who is going through a life-changing circumstance such as divorce? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, we will hear Pat interviewing guest Ruby Ovid. Ruby has dealt with divorce head-on and now makes it her mission to minister to others affected by divorce. Also, to share her story and at the same time encourage them with the hope of Christ. If you're unable to hear this entire message, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part two of this interview with Ruby Ovid. In my copy, I have letters from them, letters of encouragement from my teachers. Said Ruby, stand firm. We love you. We care for you. I'll never forget that because they were just beautiful letters. And then after that, I stood up in church and I told the church the same thing. They embraced me. They hugged me. They sent me cards. In fact, some of them sent me food for the children. The one that I did not tell were my parents because they were 87 and 86 years old. And I cannot tell it to them. So I called my sister, and my sister said, no, don't, don't tell them. They're too old already. They think you're happy. So my parents passed away without knowing. But all my brothers and sisters, they supported me. All my friends supported me. The body of Christ was beautiful. Really, truly supported me. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I hear too many stories of faculty removed from their positions when divorce is discovered, Sunday school teachers, deacons, children's were kicked out of their positions once, and the leaders don't even sit down to ask what happened. Mm. You know, in many cases, these people worked hard at their marriage. They tried, they prayed, and, you know, the other one wasn't responsive. But immediately they were condemned and assumed they were messing around or didn't try or weren't praying or anything like that, and were removed from their positions right away and ostracized from the Christian community. That's a terrible thing that happens, but in your case, I'm glad that didn't happen. In fact, what people going through divorce really need Mm -hmm. really is a friend at that time. I know that because when I began my support group, in my support group, there were members who told me what you said. In fact, a minister of music in one church, when he divorced, he was asked to leave. Another lady who wanted to get married in the church, the pastor would not allow her to be married at his church. I said, I will not officiate it because I don't believe in divorce. I was shocked. And you know, Pat, I never asked people to, to love me or to accept me when I divorce. I leave that in God's hand. They are not my worry. So all I know is I love God. This thing happened. I ask God to forgive me and hold me and help me to take care of my two beautiful children. That's Mm -hmm. all. And I think for those who may have been unfairly removed from their positions or ostracized, you know, I can say to you that, you know, that doesn't represent the full body of Christ. There are many out there who are gracious and will take time to understand and 
you know, look at your situation and be gracious and reach out to you. And there are those Christians who are out there. They're not all going to be critical and condemning. There are those who will understand the situation and extend you know, grace and, and friendship to you as God does to us. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I do the support group, Pat, because many have come to my support group and told me the same thing. And it is in the support group that they felt peaceful, mm-hmm. accepted, valued, loved, you know, appreciated, you know. That's why the support group keeps growing. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it is in the support group that they can share all this pain and everything. And so I'm so thankful that they're very honest. And it happens. It did not happen to me, but it happens, you know. Right. Even their own f- parents, they don't like yeah. them. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. seen it. I work with others in the same situation. So the answer that I give them is, remember, God is your father. God loves you. No one may, they may others may ostracize you and like you, but God, he loves you. He cares for you. That's the essence of my book, that God's love is for everybody. It's unconditional, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and God understands. Yeah. Because, you know, the book of Hosea clearly illustrates God's love for Israel, and yet Israel turns away. And so, you know, if it happened to God, who loves perfectly, well, then how much more can happen in our fallen world Yes. to husbands and wives who can love with great integrity, and yet it doesn't end up being responded to sometimes yeah well ruby i'm sure there were those who are critical of you you know saying you know how can you remain in this kind of situation when you're divorced how would you handle their often unfair judgments of you you know pat i remember one person he told me you are principal of school and you are divorced and really i was really surprised and i look at him and i said to him It takes two to make a marriage. I said, God knows I love to be married. God knows how much I work hard to keep that marriage. But I can only control my own behavior. Takes two to make a marriage, one to destroy it. Yeah, so I said, I can only control my behavior. I cannot control someone else's, even my ex-husband or my spouse then. So I said, the main thing is, I believe that God has a purpose for me, and I will use this brokenness to reach out to others. My life is not yet finished because I underwent this divorce. That's what I told him. I want to discover more what God wants me to do, to glorify him in spite of my pain. I remember that vividly. I said, because it's through my divorce that I began to see that there are many people out there like me And I want to share with them that God's love is there no matter what. If I failed in my marriage, I accept that. But I do not want to fail God. Sin does not defeat God's grace. Yes. And the sin of another person does not overcome God's grace in your life. No, God's grace is greater than all sin or any sin that may have been perpetrated against us as well. Well, you know, Ruby, some people see divorce as the unpardonable sin. You know, is it? And and what are some other common myths you hear about divorce? They said that, you know, the common myths is people who do not love God divorce. I love God, but I divorce. That's why it's painful. But I cannot be responsible for someone else's behavior. 
I can only be responsible for myself. And myself, I know I love God that in spite of my brokenness, I want to help use a broken vessel like me. That's what my prayer to God when, when I divorced. I said, Lord, I am broken. Use a broken vessel like me. How? How? And that's when I started this support group and reaching out to those who are broken. I began to see that God really, truly loves each and every person because He made them or He made us in His own image, that we are valued by God, we are loved by God. God is with us no matter what happens. And that's the message that I want them to have. And the future is beautiful because He has a plan for each and every one. If we believe in Him, He will carry us through. Well, Ruby, what would you tell someone who's in the midst of great emotional pain going through divorce, or maybe it's been a couple of years, or maybe several years, and they still feel that great emotional pain? When you have so much pain, you forget that God died for you, and God's pain is so great, He gave His life for you. Nobody has given His life for me except Christ. And when I come to think that when I was in the midst of my divorce, nobody said, okay, I'll carry your burden. Nobody had said that to me. The only one who said that to me was Jesus. Come to me, Ruby. Give me your burdens, and I will make it light for you. I remember that night I was praying. I said, Lord, I cannot take this anymore. I have two children. I have a heavy responsibility. I have a job to, to take care of. You know, I have no family here in America. I want to die already. And God said, I died for you, don't you see? So give me your burdens, and I will carry it for you. And stay with me, and I will make you understand that my love and strength is enough for you. Just be still. Just focus on me. Just trust me, and I will carry you through. And you know, Pat, that night, I reached out my hand. I just felt God's hand holding me. And that was the beginning of my change. I just truly put my faith in Him that God will carry me through. And He did, you know, He did. You know, Ruby, one of the biggest issues that people face is the issue of forgiveness. And what would you say to someone who is still struggling with issues of forgiveness? from a past divorce, or maybe they're in a marriage and they've been deeply hurt by the spouse, maybe being unfaithful or saying things that are very hurtful. How do they deal with the issues of forgiveness or unforgiveness? Yeah, I'm glad you are asking me that question. You know, Pat, when I was so much hurt, I hated my ex-spouse very much. And then God said, you cannot heal if you hate. And I just realized that. That's why I was not healing. I was, I was still very, I was carrying my pain and anger. So one night I knelt down and I said, Lord, forgive me for hating him. Forgive me for not forgiving him. And so in my heart, I forgave him. And then I wrote a nice letter and mailed it to him, asking him to forgive me. And you know, it cleansed my heart. After I did that, I forgave him and I forgave myself. I asked God to forgive me. That was the beginning of my healing. So I, I began to understand that forgiveness is the key to wholeness. Just forgive. Let, let God, uh, the revenge, God said, I will handle that. Revenge is mine. 
But I just want you to look at me and forgive him. Forgive all the people that have hurt you. So that's what I did. And when I did that, Pat, believe me, I had peace. For the first time, I was able to sleep very, very peacefully. And for the first time, I had joy in my heart. So the key to believing that God had forgiven me and forgiven, I have forgiven my ex-spouse is the beginning of a new journey for me. Mm. A joyful journey with a bright future. It's wow. the beginning of my wholeness, healing. Now that's the beginning, Groovy, but you talk about there's a whole process of healing yeah. that we have to, steps that we have to go through. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that process, process. We, okay. we, we need to all go through. Yeah. The process of grieving are, number one is the denial stage. You deny that it is happening. You deny that nothing is wrong. You deny that you are already separated or someone left or someone passed away. Number two is the anger stage. You are angry that this thing happened to you. You are angry at other people. You are angry at yourself. You are angry at the person who hurt you. You're just so angry. Uh, so full of anger that you don't see the value of that person. The next one is the bargaining stage. A lot of ifs. Maybe if I was not, you know, nagging him, maybe he would not have left. Maybe if I was more educated, she would have stayed with me. Maybe if, you know, I was nice to her parents, maybe she would not have left. A lot of maybes, maybe if I were more beautiful, you know, then maybe we could still be together. Then the next one is the depression stage. That is a very painful stage where you are antisocial, you don't want to see anybody, you don't want to talk, you don't want to go places, you, you're just depressed, you know. You're lonely, you're sad, the day is dreary, you don't want to be with people, you hate people, you know, you isolate yourself, you get to see a doctor, get some medication and everything. Then the next one is the acceptance stage. You begin to accept who you truly are. You begin to accept that, hey, life is beautiful. I am worthy. I have a special talent. I'm capable. I can take care of myself. I'm able to, to be able to help myself and live well. I can do it. I can make it. God will take care of me. You begin to accept that life, there are ups and downs in life. You begin to see the beauty of life again, that people love you, care, they care for you. They want to help you. They reach out to you. You appreciate more who you are. Then the last one is the reaching out stage where when you see a person who is hurting, you want to help that person because you have been there. So you see, you go through that process and it takes you about, according to research, two and a half to three years to overcome that process. That's why in my support group, I tell them that when you are in the process of grieving, do not remarry because you might end up divorced again. You have to complete the process, which is about two or three years after the divorce or the death of the person or the separation, then you can remarry. So I've seen the grieving process in my own life, and I thank God that I could help the members of my support group in their grieving. But I have also seen those when they reach out 
when they finish their grieving process, they're reaching out stage, it's beautiful. They're happy, they're healthy, they're in new relationships again. They're doing a good job. They love themselves, they love people. They start mm. all over again with confidence. Well, Ruby, you know, one of the toughest things as I work with people, one of the toughest emotional issues is when the spouse that has left them or deserted them or whatever it may be is seeing someone else. And that's a very difficult thing. What advice would you give to someone who's really having a difficult time with that? It's, if, if they're still divorced, if they're still together, separated, that's very painful because they have, there is no official declaration yet that they're officially divorced. But even after the divorce and they remarry, one of them remarry, there's still a little bit of pain, but they can let go because they know it's no longer viable for them to be with that person. So my advice to them is move on with your life. Don't dwell on the negatives because there are you may miss the positive things around you when you are dwelling into something that is negative. There are many beautiful things around that is happening. So you have to move on and step by step, ask God to lead you to do the things that will make you happy and also the children, especially if they have children. Yes. Yeah, you bring up a very good important point about not dwelling on the negative or the past, but to move on. Mm -hmm. Now, how do they move on? You can move on, number one. Others in my support group, some of them move to the mainland to start a new career. Others stay here on the island and they go back to school. Others start a new business. Others uh, began to date again. Others focus on their own subs and they want to be a better person, who they, who they are as a person. Others began to really, truly enjoy living again by having a schedule that is positive in coping, like exercising, eating the right kinds of food, meeting friends, going to church, you know, uh, being active. There are many other ways. But one thing I do know is that a person who is desirous to heal will seek help. They'll yes. see a professional or a friend or a family member. And those who do not want to better themselves, they just wallow in self-pity. So when people like that come to my support group, I like them to know that self-pity is very destructive. Yes. Poor me, I'm no good and everything. So my purpose is for them. Look at you. You're, you have potentials. You have unlimited possibilities. You're created by God. Find out what are your skills. Find out your special abilities. You are made for a purpose. Find out what that is. Be active. Don't dwell on your self-pity. Dwell on yourself as a human being who is capable, able, and valued. Yes, you know, past sin or failure doesn't stop the grace of God from yeah. continuing to work in your life. Yeah. Well, Ruby, you brought up, you touched on a subject briefly. I'd like you to talk about it some more. But the biggest victims in this is children. Yes. What advice do you have to give to parents to say to their children? Okay, when my children, when my divorce happened, my children were little. They were still little. They were in the elementary school. But... I sat down with them and I told them that mommy failed in her marriage. I did not say the word failed. I just said that 
Mommy and Daddy are not together anymore. Daddy has his own place. Of course, the children knew because they were with me for three and a half days and three and a half days with Dwight. So they knew it. But I assure them that I love them. That's the key. Whether the children are with you all the time or the children are divided in their visitation, home visitation or agreement as mandated by the court, the main thing is you tell the children that I love you. I will always help you. I will always be your mother or I will always be your father. Nothing will change that. You don't go into the detail of all the things that happen, but the assurance that they are loved, the assurance that you are there for them, the assurance that you will never abandon them, the assurance that whatever happens, you are their mother or you are their parent, that is a big plus to the children. Now, of course, when they are adults, it's very different because in my support group, I've seen those who divorce and they have adult children. Adult children make their decisions, who they will support their father or their mother. In my support group, there was a lady where the two, three children were divided in their loyalties. Two children supported the father and one child supported the mother because they're adults. But when they're still little, below 18, the most important thing is assure them that they are loved. Yeah, so I see two principles here to be honest yeah. and to reassure them that they're loved. Yeah. Now, what advice do you give to the children? who are seeing their parents uh, separate. What do you tell the children? Well, with me, when it happened, I told the children that their father has his own home and they have their home with me and that we follow the agreement of the court. I told the children, I would love for you to be with me all the time, but the court mandated that. It's the judge. So daddy has to follow it i have to follow it the thing is to be honest with the children as you said is very helpful especially when they are younger but as they get older they have their own mindset they have their own mind they can make their own decisions that's why it's also good for the children to see a, a professional to talk to the professional i brought my children to psychologist and they talk to the psychologist. So it's good for them to, to have that experience so that they can share what they feel. Because as a mother, you cannot absorb all those things. You can only absorb what you know, what you have. And perhaps one of the biggest struggle, you know, next to forgiveness, I think, is that of loneliness. Yeah. You know, what do you tell the divorced person who's struggling now with loneliness? They've always had a partner by their side for the last two years, four years, 10 years, yeah. suddenly they find themselves alone. Yeah. How do they deal with that? Oh, that is a very painful situation. When you are lonely, there is a chapter there where I discuss on page 117, if you look at 117, alone but not lonely. And in that, I describe the feeling of loneliness and depression. When you are lonely, you go places, you have actions, you, you try new things, you know. You are depressed, you don't want actions, you don't want to try new things. You think the world is dead. So it's a very painful situation. However, when you begin to realize that there are people out there who make decisions to better themselves and who have the strength and tenacity to say, I am going to make myself a better person. And that realization is the key to moving forward. But not until that person realizes that he himself has to do the action. And also, if he has faith in God, God will see him through. 
it's when you say, Lord, you are with me. Please help me. Please guide me. Please give me strength. Please give me comfort. Again, the awareness that God is holding you propels you to move, propels you to get out of that feeling of sadness and sorrow and say to yourself, I am valuable, I'm special in God's eyes, and therefore I have to move on. Again, it is God. If you believe in God, that you have a purpose, that God created you for a purpose, you will pull yourself together. for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. Be sure to join us next time for the continuation of this exciting show. We hope you enjoy Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, books, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and answers.